Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Peak to Pit, Allie Peak, TJ Pittinger, hanging out with you on this Tuesday night. We don't usually go live at night, TJ, so this is uh, something new and exciting here. Yeah, I uh, I have no idea why, but I think I just didn't want to have to replay it tomorrow. Plus, somebody, I did like a Twitter spaces. Have you seen those before? Like, people no. just kind of get in those little groups and talk. Um, I did one of those for is like Is this like the Twitter group today. that we have? No, it's not. We're not talking about that. We'll be- <laughs> I was going to say, that's um, like <laughs> days no, but, and days uh, and days. We just talked on there and like a couple people messaged me. I was like, oh, I missed it. Like, do you have anything else coming? I was like, well, yeah, I'm about to go I'm live. I'm going to argue with this girl for a while. So I ba- is an FSU fan. So I was like, all right, I got one to crap on <laughs> UF a little bit over here. So you'll love it. Um, Perfect. So. Well, how was your weekend? We'll talk about the game and all of that stuff in just a minute. But outside of that, how was your weekend? How are you doing? Good. Weekend was good. This is a crazy week. Um, you know, the kids don't have school next week. So they public school, they're trying to cram everything worst. in right now. Yeah, it's. I had a PTA meeting tonight. There's conferences this week. There's the Great American Teaching this week. Our school's doing Pilgrim's Pie and Parents on Friday. Friday is actually kind of a, a little bit of an exciting day for me. Um, the if you're from Tampa, I don't. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have ever heard of the Bill Minahan Award, but it is a award given to the most deserving student athlete in um, high school in Tampa each year. It's um, both you have to perform well on the field or the court, whatever your sport is, but also perform um, well in the classroom and have, you know, some kind of compelling story or whatever. Coach Minahan was um, a football coach, a longtime football coach for Jesuit High School. He was my dad's high school coach. Um, he really was um, the base, essentially, of a massive coaching tree that is still have branches going on in Tampa currently. Anyway, um, on Friday, I am being, um, I guess, I don't know if sworn in is the right way, but I'm being added to the board of uh, this award. And it means a lot to me because Coach Minahan was, outside of my grandfather, probably the most influential person in my dad's life, which then made him a very influential part of my life. He passed away a couple of years ago. Um, He was awesome, though. So I'm super pumped about it on Friday. That's awesome. Good stuff. Um, so, um, let's jump into this. 
Um, we spent the better part of an hour last week on your team, so we can start mm -hmm. uh, with we can start with good news this week. We Let's do it first. Um, Florida State picks up a massive, massive victory because they're all big when you're not very good uh, against who I thought was going to be the toughest game left on the schedule. I, that'll, I guess that'll be remain to be seen, but uh, came out really, really strong against a surging Miami team. I don't know that there's a good Miami team, um, but like I said before, before the pod, Miami missed a field goal to lose to Virginia. They got intercepted down by three inside of North Carolina territory in the fourth quarter um, in a game where they should have at least forced overtime and then close wins against ranked Pittsburgh and ranked NC state and win against Georgia tech Miami's first two losses of the year being to Alabama and Michigan state aren't as bad as we probably that Michigan state would probably isn't as bad as we thought it would be. So anyway, um, be a Miami team that I don't think they should have beaten. Like I think Miami was better. Um, mm -hmm. And so a lot of excitement, 77,000 people there to see it, a whole bunch of recruits. Um, I saw that Steve Whitfong uh, of 247 just put in a flip prediction from UGA to FSU. I don't know how good that kid is, but he's a four-star. And so even if UGA is telling him, like, hey, we, you know, we don't have room for you, and that's what – I don't even know. Like, I have no idea how right. good the kid is, but – Anytime you take anything off of UGA's commit list, like I feel like that's a good uh, – Sure. Worked out for us last year with Jermaine Johnson. So, anyway, uh, Florida State ends up winning a massive game. And we'll talk about this in a little bit, but we'll talk about the game first. Flor Does Florida State have the most certainty around their um, team slash staff slash everything else kind of going on in the state of Florida? Between the big three, um, I don't really care. I mean, between the big three, probably, right? I mean, there's the least amount of controversy going on there right now. Now, they have replaced their coach the most recently, too, so that's part of that. But sure, I would say Florida State has, at the moment, the most stability going on. I think that's a fair statement. So, probably not where we would have thought the three teams in this state would be once it got to the season. I know that you had 12-0, and 0, but I think I even had like 9-3 and 3 for, mm -hmm. for UF. And so um, I did have six and six for FSU, which seems like it's still possible. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, like I think that uh, I think the win was massive and, and it very easily could have gone the other way. Florida State converted on a fourth and 14. That is pretty unlikely. Miami's win percentage was well over 90 percent, uh, according to ESPN at that time. And uh, Florida State found a way to get it done. And man, this last, I don't know, these last month and a half, two months, everything really outside of that first month of the season, you know, Florida state is in a position right now to, to think that they started zero and four and they're four and two in their last six, you know, I mean, you yeah, are they're, trending, the the they're trending the right direction. I mean, you are, you're right. I know what you're about to say. You are at the end of the record of the day, what your record says you are, but um, you know, if, if you break the season down into quarters or whatever, uh, Florida state is winning the second half of the season. Yeah. And they're, they're a two point underdog this weekend going out to Boston college. I, mm -hmm. I'd imagine they're somewhere around a touchdown underdog when it comes to the UF game. Um, sure. 
some of that may – I do think that that could be impacted by how UF looks this weekend against Missouri, and we'll talk about that, and how Florida State looks this weekend against Boston College. Um, you obviously can't turn around – I wouldn't say you can't lose this game, but you can't turn around and follow up that performance with – just absolutely laying an egg or getting blown out or getting your brains beat in. You know, I do think that going on the road to Boston in November is never easy. Neither is going on the road to Missouri. Um, but I think Florida State has a chance to really finish this season on a good note. They already have the best recruiting class in the country. If they finish the season off at six and six or probably even five and seven, but they beat both rivals to finish the season. They're going to finish the season with the best recruiting class. Um, and we'll see kind of where it goes from there. So um, did you catch the end of the game? Did you see the highlights? Pretty improbable. Yeah. Um, watch, watch some back and forth. Watch the highlights for it. I mean, it was – Florida and my, Florida State Miami is a fun rivalry, right? Like, obviously, it's better when both teams are good, but I feel like it's pretty fun regardless. Um, and this this one really was no different, right? But Florida State showed fight. They uh, this is a game that I don't think really anybody expected them uh, to win, and I think that it's it's a momentum builder, right? It's a it's a building block towards something bigger. So what they do with it, you know, will remains to be seen. We'll see. I don't, I don't really like that Boston college line. I think Florida state beats Boston college this weekend. Um, interesting that, uh, you know, is that going to be uh, the final nail in the coffin down there in Miami and that coaching search going to open back up. They did fire their athletic director, I guess mm-hmm. yesterday, um, which would make me think that they are possibly will be in the hunt for a new coach, but you're not going to hire an athletic director after you hire a coach. You're going to hire your athletic director first, but uh, definitely some instability in South Florida. And, you know, I don't know that I think the Miami job is the, is as attractive as it used to be. Um, they don't have the funding that a lot of bigger programs do. They don't have the facilities they don't have an on-campus stadium. And so essentially the only thing they have going for them is history and South Beach. And I don't know that either one of those things are the draw that they used to be. Yeah, I, I'll say um, as much as it makes my heart happy to crap on Miami, I, I do think that they have um, – I do think that they have the most fertile – and best recruiting ground in the country. Of course so, they do. Of course. Ha- yes, you could having, tra- you having that could not, draw not a circle that around be. Miami. Yeah. You don't need to go that, north of Fort Lauderdale and you you can feel the team, right? And so that, that will always to, keep Miami semi competitive, but I just don't think that it's I don't think it's the job it used to be. Yeah. Um DJ, you there? Yeah, I don't know if this is my internet, your internet going out. You're frozen on um, my end. You're frozen on my end. I wonder whose internet, who are we? Oh, well. We on this? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, but you are, your face was frozen and mine was moving from what I could see, but I don't know. Weird. So are you better now? Is it better now? Are we back? I'm better. Yeah, yeah, it's fine now. We're back. So, yeah. So I, I don't know. I think that um, – yeah, that's certainly not the job. Definitely caused some instability down there. 
I think that they were looking for an excuse to make a change and then losing this weekend mm-hmm. kind of sealed seal the fate there. But yeah, they'll well, and there's been rumors for a long time, right? That the administration is not um, necessarily in line with uh, the goals of maybe the football team or boosters that support the football team or things like that. It just hasn't seemed uh, like a huge priority for their administration. And obviously without without administration support, it's an uphill battle. For sure. It's like fighting with your, and we've talked about that with UF, right? Like UF's fans have, you know, the highest of expectations um, based on the past. And if all of the resources in the world are not given to the coaching staff and the team and the program, they're fighting with one hand tied behind their back. Right. And, mm-hmm. and it's true. Yeah. It's tough to truly know what, what is given and what's not given. I know mm-hmm. that UF's, I know that UF's coaching staff is the highest paid staff in the state, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it's tough to know where other funds are being allocated resource wise. We saw that recruiting report that came out. Mm-hmm. I was actually talking with Dan today, Dan Thompson today, not Dan Mullen, uh, today about, the fact that Florida has three private planes, um, mm-hmm. Georgia charters a lot of planes, and so mm-hmm. their cost is going to be higher on stuff where Florida owns stuff, and so their cost is mm-hmm. lower on some travel and some expenses. And so, yeah, it may seem at times like one university is paying more. I would and- love to see line item things because right. I don't, like- I don't advocate spending money just to spend money, right, or spending it on stupid stuff. I do wonder also if are we are we seeing more in-state recruits? And so instead of gas for the jet, it's gas for the car, which obviously is going to be cheaper. But I do think um, it's hard to imagine Georgia spending what, I think it's what, four times what Florida spends three or four times what Florida spends. And, and it, it just being because they charter their planes and ours are private right. or whatever. But I would, I would love to see a line item breakdown of where exactly it's being spent. Cause I don't know if double the balloon arches is making a difference in whether or not we're, we're landing four star recruits, but if there's stuff that they are doing and there's money that's going out that, that really is paying off in the end, Florida has the money to do that. Whether or not they spend the money to do that is obviously a completely different thing. But if it's just that we aren't keeping up with the times and what we're spending, that's a handicap. And regardless of who your coach is, that is going to hold you back if those are legitimate things Florida could be spending money on. The problem is you're just never going to know that. Like they're never going right. to release that information. They're never going to tell you, you know. And so it's hard to know. Uh, obviously, well, I think they, I, I think they I would have think to, and I think they would have to with Sunshine Laws uh, and it being a public university. I think maybe Miami wouldn't necessarily have to tell us. They have to I go think, line by line. Like I think that they have to say what's in their budget. I, I, I think they can. I think they can get pretty vague with stuff i don't think they have yeah, to get well, every single line of like oh we spent 27 dollars and 15 cents on this meal you know and stuff like that you well know? but i think, I think they, they could do... say meals travel uh you know even that, recruiting hotel vague, stays yeah but even if we just have an idea of the category breakdown that can at least give us a better picture than just the sum right yeah probably and and it's not to think that just uf having their the planes makes the difference it makes the difference correct yeah it probably changes some but anyway um 
Yeah, Florida State plays Boston College this weekend. We got a little off topic there, but Florida State plays yeah. Boston College this weekend in a game that, as we said, they are a two-point underdog. Um, the line opened up at three. It's now down to two. Florida State, uh, Boston College has been a much different team since their quarterback has come back. They were a team that scored three points against Syracuse. Actually, the line's down to one and a half now. A lot of people are um, FSU believers. Um, yeah. Their quarterback has been back for the last two weeks. Last week, their quarterback dropped five touchdowns on Georgia Tech. I know that Georgia Tech is not a world beater by any means, and so I don't mean to read too much into that. But anytime a quarterback goes out and throws for five touchdowns, it is somewhat impressive. Um, Georgia Tech put up 30 points on Miami the week before, 40 points on UVA a couple weeks before that, 50 or Sorry, no, they got 52 put up on them. So Georgia Tech is definitely a bottom feeder. They're three and seven. They're not great by any means. They played Boston College tough. I do think that Florida State's defensive line is the best in the state. I think Jermaine Johnson is playing himself into being a first-round pick. And I do think that if Florida State's defensive line can play even half as well as they did against Miami with several sacks, forced some hurries, obviously got a strip, uh, gave Florida State the ball inside the 12, uh, I think that – if that defensive line can play as well as they did and the offense can just take care of the ball, Florida State did have one turnover this weekend. Um, it was on a fumble right after Miami had turned the ball over to us. I think that Florida State can play somewhat clean, not turn the ball over and really get after it on the defensive line. They'll do great. I'm glad that game is at noon. I would not like an 8 p.m. Uh, game yeah. in Boston. It's going to be cold enough as it is. I think the – Kickoff temperature is like 40-something degrees, um, but at least the sun will be out. I think that, uh, yeah, 45 degrees at kickoff, you know, and the sun will be out all three hours of the game, thank God. So even a 330 there would would not be my favorite. I think if Florida State wins that game, we talked about, um, we, we talked about this earlier in the year, and uh, we'll see what happens against Missouri, um, but I may have to pull back the uh, tape. But I almost verbatim said, the only way I foresee us beating Florida is – I actually use Milton as my quarterback. But obviously it's been Travis, so it's kind of been the opposite. But I said the only way I see us beating Florida at the end of the year is if Florida State figures things out. I assumed that we would do that with Milton, obviously wrong, and Travis has been the one we figured stuff out with. But if Florida State figures things out and Florida goes into a bit of a tailspin, right? They lose to Bama. They lose to LSU. They lose to Georgia. They drop a couple more games that they weren't supposed to, and the wheels have just come off at the end of the year. And I don't know if the wheels have come all the way off, and we'll talk about the UF game against Sanford here in just a second, but I think we're probably close to that point. Uh, Florida's a 10-point favorite this weekend, and I really don't know what the confidence level is that Florida will, will go out and win. Um, they're playing a Missouri team that – I know we hate this, but if we use a transitive property, they're playing a Missouri team that beat South Carolina pretty easily, and South Carolina just put it on Florida. And so at the very least, you'd say that they're kind of on par with South Carolina. Sure. And if Florida doesn't come yeah. to play Missouri, if Florida doesn't come to play or they come with anything like they had against South Carolina, they will lose, like absolutely mm -hmm. will lose. This one's on the road again. It will be tough. I think if they play anything like they did against Samford defensively, they'll probably lose. And so – um, if Florida State and Florida go into that game both at five and six, I think Florida State wins. You know, I, I don't know. It's hard to predict a game that's two weeks away. And, you know, Florida State's coming off of a very emotional win this week. 
Florida's coming off of a very weird win themselves. And so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very excited to see both teams play and how they both respond. They yeah. both have work to do. But I think if we win this week and you lose this week, we're going to win in Gainesville. And not that we couldn't, not that it couldn't go the other way. We win and then lose or lose and then win. Um, but that's just kind of my gut there. Um, so I'm glad those games aren't at the same time so I can watch both. Well, I mean, I could watch both anyway. But, um, okay, talk to us about this uh, UF Samford game, a game that uh, Florida found a way to give up 52 points mm -hmm. and trailed at one time 42 to 28. Talk to us yeah. about, about um, this game. Yeah, I mean, Florida's defense uh, decided not to show up on Saturday. It was um, – honestly a pretty abysmal uh, uh it was a, a an abysmal first half right Florida's offense was okay Florida's defense has probably never looked this bad this whole season which is wild because you're playing an FCS team this um simply by showing up the Jimmies and Joes should have had this in the bag um Florida had six days to work with an interim defensive coordinator I I we talked about this a little bit last week but Six days isn't enough time to change a scheme, right? It's not enough time to implement anything new. Basically, the only thing that could change within those six days is the amount of effort that we're seeing from these players. Does having Todd Grantham out of that locker room take the monkey off their back, you know, make them more comfortable, make them more pumped up, make them more happy, make them more whatever that they show up on Saturdays and look like they're giving relentless effort. I didn't see that on Saturday, um, but it was kind of did weird. You see, did you did did it, did it look like there was a lack of effort? I didn't watch the game. I was, I was driving to an in Tallahassee. I didn't see one play of your game. I did kind of follow the score, which was up and down and up and down. Uh, yeah. it, was, it was kind of a fun one to watch on Gamecast because it was just like every time I looked I mean, back, somebody yeah. else had scored. But Truly, did it look like a lack the, of effort or what? So, well, for certainly not on the offense. And I do think that it's no. Sorry, yeah, it's, defensively. Um, defensively. Um, they looked out gunned which is such a weird concept because clearly and no offense to to Stanford but these are guys who Florida wouldn't have you know invited to sit in the stands for a game uh let alone entertain past that so it's interesting that there's these guys that are you're watching that are like man are you gonna enter the transfer portal because uh we got a space for you which is you know just a bizarre you know concept in in itself but I it's not that I felt like they looked like they lacked effort on Saturday. It looked like they had no idea what the hell they were doing, which again could be because of lack of effort, but like it, it's very, it's when you said it's a weird game, that's really exactly how I feel that it, that it was right. So you're watching this guys make four or five, six mistakes play in a row. And you're thinking like, God, they don't care at all, but then they make a good play and they celebrate like they won the damn Super Bowl. And so then you're like, well, wait, do you care? What's like, I, it, it's very, they certainly celebrate in the locker room. Like they cared. It's very confusing to me to watch body language where, where it looks like you really, really, really care. And you really, really don't care all in the same game from the same players. 
Um, but I mean, when you give up that many points, it's not a great performance from the defense. Offensively, I think that 70 points are worth noting regardless of who you're playing, whether you're playing an FCS team, whether you're playing an SEC team, whatever. 70 points doesn't come every day. Emory Jones did break some records. Um, he had a great game. I did see, you know, on social media, first quarter, oh, Mullen's done. He's playing Emory. Like, Emory's not the problem. He's, I'm not saying he's great. He's not going to win a Heisman Trophy, but he's certainly not the problem, or at the very least, he's the least of um, Florida's problems. Florida offensively looks great. I think that um, everybody's having a hard time understanding why Pierce isn't getting the ball a little bit more. He um, uh, statistically just crushes it every time he catches the, or excuse me, every time he touches the ball. So him getting six to seven carries a game doesn't really seem to make sense. Um, but all of these guys then say the right thing after the game. You know, they talk about uh, caring about this team, caring about this coaches, putting forth effort, caring about the the logo on the uniform. And all of those things are the kind of things that we're as fans looking for out of these players when we're looking for signs if people have quit, if they've given up, if Dan Mullen has lost the locker room. I know I want to address the video um, that came out because I um, – I know that there's a lot of Gator fans that hated to see that. They felt like it was embarrassing to be celebrating a win against an FCS school. And there's a couple of things I want to say about that. One, I think that that video shows very much that Dan Mullen has not lost the locker room, which it almost seemed to annoy a lot of Gator fans, which is such an interesting concept that like, we're going to be angry that our players still buy in to what our coach is selling. Well, I but the, I, I think the players have, and, and so I'm glad you bring that up because Dan Mullen was pissed after the 42 to nothing win against Bandy, like pissed in his press conference. This isn't good enough. It almost was like the, like the, like the older Dan Mullen, like the couple years ago, mm -hmm. like if we're going to thumb wrestle, I'm going to kick your butt, you know? So he was like livid after that because of like, you know, winning 42 to nothing so wasn't good enough. And so I just feel like a lot of the fan base is soured on Mullen deservedly mm -hmm. or undeservedly. And mm -hmm. so when they see him be livid after a yeah, win, I think and then after a 42 to nothing win, and then you play an FCS school and you're dancing in the locker room, like you just won the so, Super Bowl. I think that's, I think that's where people well, are like, I think consistency? essentially that's why cameras shouldn't be allowed in the locker room. Right. Because the things that go on, in the locker room between players and coaches are, are what, you know, are, are something completely different than what a coach chooses to say to the media. I asked Eric, I was like, Hey, so did you guys celebrate, you know, every win like that? And he said, he said, now Mullen or Meyer doesn't dance, but he said they celebrated every single win in the locker room with loud music and jumping around and dancing, regardless of who it was, every single one. And that Mullen's, but you can, what Mullen said but you can was, see. hold on. What Mullen said was, every win, big, small, sloppy, clean, big opponent, small opponent, you've got 24 hours to celebrate, and then it's back to the drawing board. But we're going to celebrate so, every single win. So what I think basically is, I don't think fans realize that this does happen every single game. We just don't necessarily get the videos of it happening every single game. And it's not about the opponent that you just beat. It's about the book is closed on another week where you beat each other's heads in for five days in practice. And then you just push your body to the limit 
on the field and you ended up coming away with the W. I, so I just I, think and that's fine. And that's fine to say, but I think it's, that's horrible. But it's not a I, say, you know, that's what they do. That, I mean, that's truly but, what they do. And that's not, this is know, not new. That's not Mullen. the Gator. That's not the Gator standard. Beating there. that team and giving up. No, no, let me, I, I let you, I interrupt you or I stopped my interruption of you. Mm-hmm. That is not the Gator standard. And there are a hundred thousand people or almost a hundred thousand people that can fit in that stadium. I don't know. I'm sure there weren't that many, but there were a lot more watching on TV. that give a lot of money to this program and watch them, watch their team give up. They gave up more points to Sanford than they gave up to Georgia, Alabama, LSU, anyone else's schedule. Sanford scored more on Florida yeah. than they've scored in any other game. And so yes. the, the fan base and the, 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 the people paying for Florida football to exist, the boosters, those people, they were disgusted with Florida's win All on Saturday. No, well, they yes, could be disgusted with the win. That's okay. That's what I'm saying. So they were disgusted with the win, right? I'm sure they were glad. You'd rather win that than it be a Georgia Southern tagline where you sure, pay to lose. Sure, of course. But they were disgusted with the way that Florida looked defensively and in that game. And so for the first thing for them to see, the people writing the checks, the people cashing the checks, the fans that support on Twitter or whine on Twitter or whatever. But the first thing for them to see is those players celebrating in the locker room like they were the 2021 Buccaneers. I think that I think that that's off-putting because you. But it's you not and I, like it was UF that released that video, right? Now no, that I understand, I that, and that's uh, where there's got to be there's got to be some discretion. Uncle Silk said on the on Twitter, you got to be able to read the room there. I, he said, I don't really have a problem with them celebrating. They don't so, like to play so many times a my year. My assumption but is it's that's a recruits not, video. I, I, mean, um, I, hope, I don't know, you know but, where but it originated. Day, at the end of the day, you can't blame fans for being disgusted with that. Like you can't, but fans I can blame fans for not understanding or, I mean, or maybe. making assumptions about things they think they know that they don't. I saw so many people make the comment that our championship teams wouldn't celebrate like that, except they did. I've seen so many people say well, that I think XYZ if, I think coach if, I think if any of your, I think if any do. of your championship I think if any of your championship teams would have had five losses and celebrated like that your fan base would have been disgusted over that too. I don't think they, it's a listen, problem. They had five losses. I, Eric played not for any of your champ- you, they didn't win that many games. But your championship teams didn't, and that's the difference. If your championship, you know, Florida State, well, right, because you won a championship, but all those right. same players Florida also State, played on teams that didn't win, and and none of your championship teams gave up fifty plus points to an FCS school. Florida State beat right. Idaho eighty to fourteen right. in twenty thirteen, and if we would have seen those players in the locker room celebrating an eighty to fourteen win. With the Heisman well, TJ, truck, they probably the did. Nobody took and, a video and, and tweeted it out. And nobody would have, people would not, my point is, they wouldn't have been ups, as upset because that score was 80 to 14. They're right. upset because no, they watched I, a SEC defense give up 52 points to an FCS school that hadn't scored well, that many all year. That's what they're upset about. Instead of telling kids, about to kids not celebrate their school. win, then we need to just check cell phones at the at the door Probably. for locker and rooms. Who would that, because and who would that fall on? Some recruiting peon who needs to make sure that <laughs> I would say that's on there board. aren't. No, I don't think Mullen has time on game days to see if his recruits are uh, are videotaping or or you know anything like that. But you know what? Yeah. These kids were having fun. These kids who have listened right. to fans talk about how bad they are 
all week long needed 10 minutes to blow off steam. And the fact that they anyone were, has a negative opinion about Saturday that too. is, a, and it, it wasn't a great game. But they won, and they celebrated with their coach for 10 minutes. And the fact that anybody has any opinion other than, cool, those guys and their coach enjoy each other's company, they just got the W, they had a hard week at work, is just stupid. There are so many legitimate things about this team that people can harp on, that people can rightly critique, but this is the wrong one. It's stupid. Let them enjoy the win. Let them get back to work. It is a ridiculous waste of time and energy to get yourself worked up about college kids dancing in their own locker room. I'm just going to have to agree to disagree with you on this one. Well, I think that, I mean, you play sports in school. Did you ever win a terrible game and then not get chewed out for it after the win? I just, I don't, I just don't think this holds up. I don't think, I think that there are times when you but play TJ, really, they'll really get poorly. chewed up on Monday. They will. They will. Again, every, they will, every play will get the, broken down. The, every the mistake problem will is be this. pointed here's out. The, here's the problem that it ended up on social media. Fans sure. do not want to pay money for a piss poor product, which they've gotten all year. And then see Florida play their worst defensive game of the year against their worst opponent of the year and then watch them celebrate that. That is the problem. Well, they, I don't think they care that it happens or not, but it is completely out of sight, out of mind. And if you, watch a, if you watch a terrible product and you know that you're giving money to a terrible product and then you watch them celebrate being terrible, I they're think they're not that, celebrating that, being terrible though. And here's the thing. So would a fan rather we say, Hey, recruits, nobody have your cell phone in there, man. Well, Alabama lets me do it. Well, Georgia lets me do it. Well, Clemson lets me do it. Well, I guess we'll scratch Florida off our list. Cause they got way too many those, rules for us. And then none there's of those programs have given issue. up 50 to FCS programs. It doesn't matter. I think it's reading. These kids the are rig. having I, fun. In, I understand if Florida that. I think it's reading. It, I would agree with it's, you. It's reading. If Florida released it. I would co- totally say, read the room, Florida. Don't tweet something like that out. But they did We're, not. We've confirmed that it was a recruit, not one of the players. No, the my assumption is it's a recruit that did it. It wasn't right. a University and of Florida. I don't want to blame. Florida I don't want to blame any. I don't want to blame any high schoolers for something that could have okay. been a player at UF. Okay, it could have been a player. It just was not a UF um, sanctioned account. Is right. what I mean when I say UF didn't put it out there. But sometimes UF does. Like if there's a big, uh, there has been times that UF has had a big win and they have tweeted out or gone live or shown whatever Mullen and the players celebrating in the locker room. So that has happened in the past, but that's not what happened at this game. And so I don't know who the originator of the video was I do know a lot of Florida players retweeted it um at, you know and which obviously kept it out there and I maybe would have said eh, probably a wrong thing to retweet but I just I don't think it's okay for us to tell these college kids that work their tail off when you know we can talk all day long about how they are terrible right now and that's a legitimate complaint to have but it doesn't mean that they don't work hard it doesn't mean that they're not busting their butt at practice the outcome is not good but it doesn't right. mean they're not and putting in the time. Have, and I, I think, don't have a problem with any of that. And so I looked it up, and it was some offensive lineman named Will Harrod, um, who's on the roster. He's a redshirt sophomore um, from Clayton. I'm sure so, he it, was in so, the doghouse this week for that, too. So, again, it is not the fact that they celebrated a win. I, I get I, I understand lose. everything it's you're saying. I just think it's, the per, it's 100% the perception. 
I get it. I just, it annoys me that one, there's legitimate things to actually debate about, talk about whatever. This is just stupid in comparison to the real problems that this Florida football team has one, two, I just don't like the perception that, Oh my God, this means the program's broken because nobody else before them did that because that's not true either. None nobody of those things are true. Them, nobody else before them celebrated after getting up 50 points to an FCS school. I mean, I'll say that, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, so I think that's the difference. Yes. Did Eric and them celebrate after beating some FCS schools brains in? Yes. And I think fans see that as different than one of the worst performances we've seen from the Gators in the last 10 years. Right. Like that's, yeah. that's defensively. Like, I think that's, that's the difference. It's not that Eric and them didn't celebrate. It's just kind of the, again, reading the room yeah. as to, well, to I don't, I, you're not going to convince me that this shouldn't happen. I wish that it hadn't been tweeted out, but I have zero issues with it happening to begin with. I have a lot, honestly, I have a lot more issue with a, with a, a defensive player celebrating a pick or a, you know, a big hit or a sack or something like that when the team is down way more than I have an issue with this because that's in public out in front. You're celebrating an individual achievement while your unit is playing poorly. I have a way bigger issue with that than I do about dancing in the locker room. So um, how much dancing well, in the locker room is UF going to do this weekend um, against Missouri? So uh, this is an interesting um, matchup. Missouri has a really good running back. Um, his name is Tyler Batty. He has. Let me go put um, some money on Missouri. <laughs> he has uh, had 200 yard plus games three of the last five games, um, and Florida has not been good against the run. So that is a little bit uh, scary. Their quarterback is very interception prone, and he's banged up. So I would assume that that means that they really rely on Batty a lot, which, uh, you know, coupled with the fact that Florida's run D is God awful right now, isn't great. Missouri's defense is bad, bad, bad. So I think that there is a chance we see a shootout. I think that Florida's offense is clicking right now. Florida's offense looks serviceable. That is not the problem right now. They'll put up points against Missouri. I think that there's a chance that this – um, is a little bit of a shootout, like a 40 to 37 kind of uh, outcome. I'm just interested to see where this goes. It has seemed the last few weeks like Florida has gotten worse each week. Um, <laughs> their schedule gets harder the next two weeks than it has been. So that's not a good recipe, right? Um, so I'm interested to see. They've clearly circled the wagons. I think that um, – Players have not quit in the way that a lot of people want to uh, assume that they have. This is going to tell us a lot about where Dan Mullen stands with the locker room. This is going to tell us a lot about how much fight this team has because these next two games will be a battle for this team if they look like they have looked the past month and a half. Yeah, and there's a lot of speculation around the last two weeks that, uh, mm -hmm. you know, nothing has been decided, but that, uh, you know, Dan really needs to win these two games for – for some security. So, yeah. Um, so I have talked to um, a couple of people who um, either will be involved in some of the conversations that happen or will be pretty close to some people that will be involved. And a um, couple of things, uh, nothing is decided. And it really does seem like Strickland wants Mullen to work. Um, that does not mean that if he doesn't win the next Strickland's two games, probably not going to have a job in, 
a little while. Um, I, you know, I I think that Strickland should not have a job based on the stuff that's going on with women's basketball, having nothing to do with uh, Dan Mullen. But I am a firm believer that there is some major problems going on in UF administratively. And so I do not think replacing Dan Mullen fixes anything at the moment. I think that the problem is much more systemic than him. And I think that if you replace him without anybody else being replaced above him, that you are in this exact same boat and that coach, whoever he is, is going to be set up to fail. So I would prefer major changes happen higher up because that's the only way that there's real changes in the football program. Whether or not Dan Mullen is the coach long-term or not, nothing is going to change if there are not some administration changes, um, at least from my standpoint. The biggest thing with the admin thing is if you hire like a new AD – I mean, he's going to want his, I mean, the, the coach, like, you know, the coach, the coach is only going to make it so long unless a massive so, turnaround happens because, you know, a lot of ADs want to bring their guy in. Yeah, well, it and depends they, on, they want yeah. their, they want their, you know, they want their tenure as AD so, to be based on their hire, not the if previous If Mullen gets so another year though, and Florida doesn't replace the AD, he still only has a job if he really turns it around. So I don't know that there's really any difference there. Strickland's not getting fired in the next week, right? So I don't know what a timeline for whether or not he's going to be fired, but this women's basketball stuff happened, you know, (laughs) they broke weeks ago, right? I mean, it happened prior to that, but we haven't moved on that. So even though I feel like that should move the needle, I don't know that that is moving the needle. So with signing day and things happening, if Florida is going to fire Mullen, Florida is going to fire Mullen after Florida state. If they, if that's the route that they choose to go, if they don't fire him there, but then Strickland gets fired in February, they're not getting a new football coach prior to next season. So I don't know that I think it really matters who the AD is if the decision is to give Mullen one more year because the timeline for him proving it is going to be the same whether it's with Strickland or a new AD. If he, if uh, so, I don't, I don't know. I don't think a new AD wanting to bring in this guy even. No, matters. I hope not. We already got Manny fired. I hope we don't get Mullen fired too. So, um, I, I think that I don't think he's there long term. Um, just for what it's worth, like we talked about last week, how hard it is to rebuild programs after they've kind of slipped, and you know, yeah. we'll see yeah. if he can, if Dabo can. I don't think he's. I would long love term, to see. So I don't. I don't want the. I don't. I want to delay whoever that next coach is because it might be a great hire. You know, I want to delay that as far as long as so possible. So that's the other thing is that I think that so when you look at when you the things that you weigh for a coach, right? I understand the argument that like I don't know that this guy is the person that's getting it done, so I'd rather try another person to see if maybe that person is the person because this guy has had four years or whatever. The way that I look at it is he's gone to a New Year's Six Bowl three years. This will be the fourth, obviously. He's not going to a year's Six Bowl, but he's gone to a New Year's Six Bowl three out of four times. Um, recruiting needs to improve. He's a great game day coach. He's a great X's and O's coach. He's a great you know, offensive scheming coach. So if you decide to go away from that, the person that you hire, you need to be pretty convinced, A, can get you to a New Year's Six Bowl basically automatically because Mullen did that automatically. And he better be a really good, really good game day coach. 
So, but he's got to have something better than the guy you fired too. So he better be a bang up recruiter. So those are a lot of boxes to have to check for it to be considered a successful hire. And I don't know that there's not that, that there's that many names out there this year that check those boxes. And if you're going to fire Mullen, you better have somebody waiting in the wings who you've already had See, some conversations with. That doesn't stand up in any other. I, I know that that's kind of what you want, but that just doesn't stand up in any other. Like sometimes you got to give a guy a chance that's unproven and hope that he turns out that way. You know, like when you look at yeah, any other but- any other business, any other company, they don't sit around with a guy that's underperforming and say like, "Oh, we don't know if we have the next guy that's going to be perfect." They they fire him and they look for that guy who but- they think. If they take a chance on an unproven guy and he doesn't work out, that will be 16 years in a row of UF not working out. I I, I think you have, I mean, look, at some point though, at some point though, that hurts you at some point. If there's, if you know, you got three or four years, no matter what, and all Florida has done is churn and burn coaches at some point that hurts you in landing a coach, right? Um, probably, you know, and that's where you guys are purgatory. So I don't know. I, I just, have, I, have I, I mean, but I hope I, you guys keep them. And I gotta, you, I you gotta wrap Florida up keeps here. Them for another year. I hope you keep them for five more years. Um, but we can talk more about them all future after you guys lose to Missouri this weekend. Last weekend, um, you had a rough week on the field and on the picks. Um, I took Pittsburgh, you took UNC. I got that one right. I took Michigan, you took Penn State. I got it right again. I took UGA because you refused to take them, even though they cover every week. You took Tennessee. Um, we both took Ole Miss over Texas A&M, so good job there to both of us. I took Wake, you took NC State, and then we both took Miami. I went five and one. You went one and five. So I'm 39 and 33. You are 28 and 44. This lead just Ohio State's a 19 point favorite against Michigan State. Uh, give me Michigan State. I like Michigan State as well. Wake is a four-point underdog to Clemson. Mm, I like give Wake. me Wake, yeah. Um, Oklahoma is a four-point favorite against Iowa State. Give me Iowa State. I'll go Oklahoma there just so we can be different. Utah is a three-point favorite against Oregon. I like Utah there. I like Utah too. Boston College is a 1.5 favorite against Florida State. Give me FSU. I like the Knowles to win there too. And then I like Missouri as an eight and a half point dog to Florida. Florida may win, but I think Missouri covers. <laughs> eight and a half points is a lot. Uh, but give me Florida. That is embarrassing. I'm a glutton for punishment oh. here. I did tell Eric when the line opened and it was 10, I was like, hey, you want to pay for our kids to go to college this week? Yeah, no kidding. Um, <laughs> this will be the one they win by 13, but that's fine. Um all right, I got to run. We'll come back next week and recap all this. I'm sure I'll move higher ahead in the standings and we'll have a fight for bowl eligibility the next week. So should be fun. You got paw- You got frozen on the eye roll. It was amazing. It was the best thing ever. Oh, awesome. Correct. <laughs> I wish I could have uh, screenshot that. I may have to go back and find it. So, all right, I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for hanging out. Great, thanks. Go Gators. <laughs>